Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. And if you have your Bible with you, put it up towards heaven and say this with me. This is my Bible. Out of it proceed the issues of life. I can have what my Bible said I can have. I can go where my Bible said I can go. Right now, I'm everything my Bible said I am. Now, in order for me to accept that, I must receive it by faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So I receive faith today, and I'm better because of it. And since I receive faith, and knowledge, and wisdom, and revelation, I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Holy Spirit, thank you. You're the greatest teacher there is. Thank you for what you have instructed me to share with this, con- this the, your congregation in Jesus' name. And, and just like you, you don't say anything unless you hear the Father say it. I don't say anything unless I hear you say it. So I'm, we're, we're, in, we're flowing together in this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Now, are you over there in the Gospel of Luke, the 13th chapter? We are dealing with this area, and, and this is what the Spirit of the Lord told me about coming out of the year of last year and coming into this year, was last year he told me, uh, the, uh, coming out of the year before that, he said, the best is yet to come. Now, um, I attached that to something that uh, Brother Jesse DePlanis had prophesied over Joanna and I uh, a few years back. And uh, we were at his meeting in, in, this, in New Orleans, and we go every year to what's referred to as a visionary conference. We go to that conference, and him, and I'm ordained by him, so he's my spiritual father. And, uh, and, and so we go to his meetings, and so we were there, and he began to prophesy over, he called us out, and uh, he made reference of the fact that he said some very, very, some very significant things. He said, number one, he's told Joanne, he goes, Joanne, Satan has tried to kill you. And he couldn't do it. And then he said, and Art, Satan has tried to get you out of the ministry, and he can't do it. Both of you he tried to kill, just in two different ways. And he said, but within the next five years, everything will be restored to you. And so we held on to that. So coming out of a few years back, the Spirit of the Lord said the best is yet to come. And it didn't look like the best. It didn't even look like goody. It, 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 it didn't look that way. And the Spirit of the Lord said the best is yet to come. So I, I held on to that, put pressure on it. I heard it in the Spirit. Then coming this, he said, great change and great exchange. So that's how I'm living right now. And in that, I've got a, a like a, a whole, whole, that whole word put a brand new ref, uh, fire on the inside of me. I heard it down in here. I didn't hear it with natural ears. So, uh, in doing that, and, and, and what, he, what he talked to me, he said, great, great change and great exchange. And then he added this to me, because that's going to be everything that you deal with all year long. And he said, all of it is connected to promises that I gave you. 
And so he mentioned that to me. He said, so my promises are what you've got to major on that I gave to you personally. Everything. Now, he said something to me that I've been saying for years to, to myself and to you, but he really just drove it home, and that is this, is that there are things that God has told you, some of you, I know he told me, spoke to me about this, for me personally, and then for you personally. He told you personally, told us personally in a meeting. But those things are, whatever those things were, you've got to hold on to those and don't let time steal them from you. Don't let something like when we read in Luke 13, 18 years of passing and seemingly worse, and all it took was meeting one man with right words, Jesus, changing a woman's life for eight, over 18 years. So I don't know how many, how many days, how many weeks, how many months, or how many years. The promise is true. And you can't allow anything else to get in the middle of that. And he said, if you're going to experience great change, the first thing you're going to have to change is your attitude towards time and towards all these situations. you got to change your attitude towards you. And he said this to me. He said, every time you get behind that pulpit, change your attitude. I don't want it from the way it was before. So with that being said, then he gave me a verse, and I held on to this verse in, in November and December, started seeing it manifest coming into, the, in, into this year and, and where we're at right now. And uh, I was sitting there, and he goes, read, the, read that verse the way I gave it to you, those verses the way I gave them to you, to everybody. And I said, all right. So I'm going to do that before I read this, this if, uh, Luke. And I want you to get a visual in here. This is out of the message translation of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 4. And I want you to see this. Uh, and uh, Ephesians 3, 4 through 12. A lot of verses, I know. But I want you to get a hold of that because everything I'm saying to you, more, more specifically, everything I say to you this year, I'm saying to you under a prophetic mantle. I'm, not, I'm here to take you to a whole nother level. Amen? Amen. And, and in order for me to do that, I've got to be at another level. And so, notice this, Ephesians 3, 4, and this is the message translation. As you read over what I have written to you, you'll be able to see for yourselves into the mysteries of Christ, or into the anointing, or into what you have been anointed to do, or what you are anointed with. So, now that's, that's my expansion on that. That's my amplified version. Of that verse. But now notice this. As you, as you read over what I've written unto you, you'll be able to see for yourself. For yourself. For yourselves. Into the mystery of Christ. None of our ancestors understood this. Only in our time has it been made clear by God's Spirit through His holy apostles and prophets this new order. So there's an order. If there's a, a divine ins, uh, uh, order uh, uh, and that we need to walk in. And that, that order is, can only be understood by revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. There are a lot, there's a lot of things. Uh, I, I recall one time I was, you know, we were uh, in, in, in service one time, many years ago. I don't even know how many years ago it was, but many years ago. 
And Joanne was uh, going to the, to the market and then coming to church on a Wednesday night. And when she did that, she the lights were out in the parking structure of the where the market was, and she tripped over the little something where the cars were. We pull up. She tripped over that, fell over, and dislocated her elbow. And people walking past her, nobody helped her. And she, we, this, this is, I think, pre-cell phones, or we, she, we didn't have one. This is pre-cell phones, we didn't have them. So she had to get up on her own. Couldn't get up because she couldn't, one, one arm is dislocated. And then she had to work, walk her way back into the market, tell them, and then they ended up calling me. And she goes, Art, I fell, come get me. And so I, I had to go and get her. Now, when I got there, she was in pain and she was crying. And uh, I, I took her to the do- hospital and took her and... And we went in there and dealt, dealt with it, and she's fine. Everything's fine. You see her, she's fine. But here's the interesting thing. I didn't have to go to the parking lot and look for her arm. It wasn't that she lost her arm. She dislocated it. Without order, you'll be dislocated. And the pain of your dislocation, you'll put on the body. Something's wrong with the body. No, it's your part. You got to put yourself in order. And if you don't put you in order, everything will look out of order. Because if you're in pain here, you're in pain everywhere. Anybody ever, whether at night or somewhere else, it could be the middle of the day, stub your toe. And it feels like everything hurts. Am I right? You can't, you got, your legs are, are, nothing wrong with your legs. But I'm not walking, I got to sit down. Oh, it hurts here. It, I mean, it's like, ew, went through the whole just everything. Am I right? Yeah. Well, there's some people who are walking by faith, but not looking at the Word. So they're literally walking by what they had in faith, or walking by religion, and I'll just let the praise team worship for me. I'll just let everybody else do it for me. And they're stubbing their toes. And so they're sitting down on their gift. All right, now. I'm excited today. All right, now. The mystery, verse 6, the mystery that the people who never heard of God, who've never heard of God, and those, watch this, who have heard of Him all their lives, what I've been calling outsiders and insiders, stand on the same ground before God. They get up, they get the same offer, same help, same promises in Christ Jesus. The message is acceptable and welcoming to everybody across the board. So nobody's denied. The same force, the same power, the same anointing for the Word of God to go to work on one is the same for the other. Male, female, age doesn't have anything to do with it. Now watch this, verse 8. When it came to presenting the message to the people who had no background in God's way, I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. <laughs> now think about that. Uh, I, I've oftentimes said this. I was a D student. I'm looking at a bunch of engineers and all kinds of other people that do things. I was the least qualified. Paul said, I was the least qualified to do this. He didn't say he was uh, a moron. He just said, I'm just the least qualified. 
It didn't make any sense. I mean, based on, and then we know some of his history. So now, 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 this is the part the Spirit of God ministry. So here I am preaching, and here I am writing about the things that are, are way over my head and inexhaustible riches and the generosity of the anointing. My task. This is close. And then when I read this, then look at me. My task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God, who created all all this in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Look at me. My task is to bring it out. Through followers of Jesus like yourselves gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among angels. Wow, I like that. And this is the proceeding along lines planned all along by God and then executed by Christ Jesus. When we trust in Him, we're free to say whatever needs to be said, bold to go wherever we need to go. This is my Bible. Out of it proceed the issues of life. That's my task. That's what I'm doing today. Luke 13. I just thought I'd read that to you. Hopefully that got a hold of you, that you realize what my purpose is here. Amen? What my reality is here. What my my gifting and my calling is here. My task. Yeah, it seems like it's inexhaustible riches up here. But my job is to bring it to light so you yourself can get a hold of this. Luke chapter 13 says this through verse 17. He said, And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and there was a woman had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could no wise lift up herself. And Jesus saw her, called her, and said, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Woman, thou art loosed. Later on, when they questioned him, he said, Ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham? So he named her, and he connected her Not her disease, not her symptom, not 18 years. Her connected her to the covenant. Connected her to the covenant. The problem with people is that when they're going, when they're endeavoring to pray for somebody, when they're endeavoring to deal with that, they they sometimes come in a little sympathetic at the pain. They come in a little, and, and, and sometimes you could be a little, appear a little rude as to, I apologize, I, I don't really, uh, I know you're in pain, obviously, otherwise you wouldn't be here. The doctor said you're going to have surgery. Obviously, surgery is needed. They're, they're saying something's going on here. But excuse me, I'm not a, ma- a physician. I'm not here to do surgery. I'm not an anesthesiologist. What I happen to be is a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ coming in here to attach my faith to you, not to disease, not to the surgery. I'm here to deal with you. I'll come over on this side. We, as the body of Christ, are said this. Here's, Here's our commission. You go into all the world, lay hands on sick, and they'll recover. How are you going to do that if you don't believe they'll recover? How are you going to do that if you're not bold enough? Or if you come in based on feeling and emotion. 
You won't. The only way to walk in there is that I'm being called of God. My ordination wasn't from man, it's from God. God ordained me to go into all the world and lay hands on the sick. I'm ordained, you're going through pain, so in Jesus' name, let's get it out. Amen? So, with this in mind, we deal with this. Now, listen close to the statement I want to make to you in here. And listen, this, this is going to be good. Are you ready for it? It is not my business as a pastor to make the message acceptable, but to make it available. Amen. Amen. My, my job is to make the Word available. I'm not supposed to preach a message that everybody likes. Preach me something I like. Eat your veggies. Amen? You can't just eat bacon every day and say you ate. Are you with me? You just can't eat at McDonald's every morning for the rest of your life, McDonald's for lunch and McDonald's for dinner, and call it eating. Ain't happening. Am I right? I mean, that, that, that's just, just, you know, we've got to realize that. So, we've got to recognize, we've got to recognize this, this area of this. And so, it's not my business as, as, a, as your pastor to make this message acceptable. This is what's called the five-fold ministry. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And so, my job is, as, a, as your pastor, and then functioning as a prophet, is to minister along that line. That's why I function a little different. And so my job, uh, right now I'm pastoring, but I'm speaking prophetically. And in the course of that, my job is to, is to let you know with great excitement, and you're supposed to receive it with great excitement, Amen. that I'm not here to try to make you happy. Amen. Happiness is based on everything natural going on around you. And a lot of you, not everything natural is going okay. However, there is a joy that is unspeakable and it is full of glory and the only way to tap into it is by the fruit of the Spirit called joy. Love, joy, and peace. The first three mentioned in the nine category. Joy is a byproduct of your inner man, your spiritual man. The only, only God can give you joy. If you're getting married to get joy, <laughs> no. No. Nobody loves you like God loves you. Nobody can love you like the Lord Jesus Christ. Nobody protects you like Jesus Christ. There is nobody that will ever, who made the statement, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you, but Jesus Christ. You could be married, have 20 kids, and still feel lonely. You could be by yourself, not married, and never feel alone. And be excited. Why? Because you know a God. Because you know a Father. Because you know have a Son. And the Holy Spirit is with you. If the Word is real to you, you are never lonely. You are never abandoned. You are not an orphan. You are not a scriptural bastard. God is your Father. And Jesus is Lord. And you and I win. Glory be to God.
I am to see to it, I'm not here to see to it that you like what I say. But rather that you get it. Amen. Anybody ever in the military? Anybody ever in the military? One, two, three, four. Did your sergeant or the drill, when you were in drill, uh, in boot camp, did they ever tell you, I'm going to be your best friend, just you and I will hang out. And it's going to be nice. Thank you for joining. I appreciate it. Oh, it's okay. You didn't iron your pants today. It's okay. We're, we're going to do some running. It's all right. You don't need to make your bed today. Let's just be buddies. Let's hang out. Let's play p- poker tonight and just, just you know, we don't need to run tomorrow. You know, we don't, anybody ever have that experience when you're in boot camp? No, no. Were they nice to you? No. Did they yell at you? From the moment you got off the bus. However, when you signed up, everybody was nice, weren't they? You remember how nice they were when you signed up? Oh, come on. Right here, we're, we'll treat you nice. We're going to send you to school, and you're going to get an education, and you're going to get all this stuff. And then they pick you up early in the morning, and you didn't know you you called it early. That was that was just that was a whole different terminology back then. Get up, and as soon as you got on the bus, you're going for a ride. Everybody, everybody, nobody knows each other. Somebody said hello to somebody. You ride early in the morning. Then once you get off, there's a, there's somebody waiting there. And all of a sudden, get off of that bus! Move it, move it, move it, move it, move it, move it. Get in the line. Where'd you come from? I mean, all of a sudden, I didn't sign up for this. If they'd have talked to me that way when I was signed, I wouldn't have signed up for this. If you don't know any of that, you don't. You'll get there. You, you don't. You know, I didn't. So I was. I went in Boy Scout, but, but I mean, that's why they talk to you. The way they converse with you. And so it's, it's just, a, I remember my brother, he was laughing that they were cutting somebody's hair, and he goes, oh, you must be from California, you little sissy. Told my brother that. He goes, yeah, well, I am from California. I can tell you, he's a California sissy. He goes, you're next. Because my brother, you know, started acting up. So he put him on a chair up on a table and then zipped his hair straight in the middle and then left it that way. Made him sit there while they cut everybody else's hair so everybody could look at him. You want to look like that or you want to look like a real... <laughs> everybody look at him. Gene just sitting there. <laughs> then they finally gave him his haircut. So, so the, the, the whole thing about the reason he's so energized and so forceful is because he knows one day you'll go to battle. And everything you will learn in boot camp is what you're going to learn on the ba- you will exercise on the battlefield if you go to battle. And he knows that. Everything I put into you is based on that. And so, w- with this in mind, um, you know, um, uh, this is vitally important because we think that, you know, hey, you know, I've been to a church to five years, ten years, six years, you know, whatever, about years, amount of years, even myself. In the, in the word, but you're but you got to re- recognize that if you don't maintain it, yeah. obtain, retain, maintain the promises of God. If you don't obtain, retain, and maintain the promises of God, it'll mess you up. One of the most notable, and you weren't even around, ladies and gentlemen, but you will understand it. I guarantee you'll know it. 
the Titanic. Not the movie. Not the romantic. Not that part. This is the real image of the Titanic. Known as, built as, declared as, voiced at, marketed as, unseekable. Never sink. This is her setting sail. On that ship, uh, Titanic, um, was that set off from England, there were all kinds of passengers on it. This is close. There were millionaires. Celebrities were on that ship. There were people that were on that ship of moderate income. There were people on that ship who were classified as poor. And those individuals, they, their quarters were in the, where the cargo was. And wherever they could sleep where the cargo was, that's where they were at. A few hours into the, into the takeoff, um, this ship uh, later on took in and we know it sank. Okay, we, we know that it did. But it's interesting that millionaires, celebrities, all kinds of names. But when it came down to listing who, and they had the registry of everybody's name and who was on there. But when it hit the newspaper in New York, what was interesting to me is that there was only two categories that were listed. Listen close to what I'm about to say. Here's how they listed them. The lost and the saved. That's exactly how they listed them. That was the term. The lost and their names. The saved and their names. The lost and their names. The saved and their names. So I don't care how much money you have or don't have. Bottom line, when you take your last breath, you're either lost or you're saved. I don't care what you're driving right now. When you take your last breath, you're either lost or you're saved. My job is to see you're on the saved list. My, my position, my post, my assignment is to see to it you're on this side. On the saved list. You're not going to get in by the skin of your teeth. Because if you did not brush your teeth today or yesterday, I suggest you go home today, look at your teeth, and you will find out there's no skin on your teeth. You have gum, but not skin on your teeth. If you have skin on your teeth, then something's wrong with you. And you need to immediately see a dentist who can help you out. There's no skin on your teeth. I don't know where that term came in. I got in by the skin of my teeth. No, according to Scripture, according to Peter, we have an abundant entry. I don't care if you just accepted Jesus Christ. It's an abundant entry. You get in. There's no sliding in and the door shuts. We walk in and your angel takes you with him. God is known by His Word. God and everything in the Word says He will do is what He'll do. Every promise of God comes through faith and faith is necessary for receiving. Go to Psalm 91. Let's look at this. We're dealing with the promises of God. I want there to be in my life. I want there to be in my wife's life, in our family life. I want there to be great change. 
I want there to be great exchange. I do not want to look the same uh, next year as I do this year. I don't want my condition the same. I want it to radically change. Psalm 91, verse 1 through 4 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Then verse 2 says, I will say, remember that song? I will say, I decree, I speak, I'm saying. I will say, anytime you... You know something about God and what God is and what God's doing. It puts something in your mouth and makes you say. One of my favorite commercials is about those three raccoons. And and, and I don't know if you've seen it. And and the three raccoons are talking by the trash can. And one's going, Mikey, you ought to come taste this. What is it? I don't know, but it tastes bad. And he starts starts naming three different things. He He goes, taste it. He goes, I don't want to taste it if it tastes bad. Just taste it. I don't want to taste it. He goes, shh, quiet, there's dogs. The other one, third one says, and he goes, I can't, he goes, they, they start saying, I can't get the taste out of my mouth. I can't get the taste out of my mouth. And then they start running. They're, they're running. Well, see, depending on who you listen to will determine the taste in your mouth. Because that's what you say the most. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How? By what you're saying. By what you're saying. I don't have a mixed up or, or uh, uh, two doctrines. I don't say, God heals, I think. I believe in miracles. They passed away, though. I don't believe that. Amen? I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. So I've got to have one consistency about me. I'm not confused. I am Listen close. A man. Science can't tell me anything different. Be around too long. I am a man. I'm a man. I'm a man. Okay, never mind. I will say of the Lord that He is my refuge, that He is my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Come on, say that with me. I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge, in my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Wow, isn't that powerful? How are you going to trust Him? You've got to know something about Him. And what you know is the Word, and the Word is the life, and the Word is the promises, and you cannot separate God from His Word. Amen. So, surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, from the noise of pestilence. Number four. Verse four. He shall cover thee with His feathers... And under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. He shall cover you with his feathers and with his wings. He's going to cover you. Now, you're already covered. Praise God for that. Now, if we understand this, you know, we'll get a, 
when we look at this, um, I know most have never seen God, but God doesn't have feathers. So when he talks about his feathers, what are his feathers? Promises. You are covered with promises. We'll come over on this side. You are covered with promises. You are covered with the promises of God. And so because you're covered with his feathers, or covered with his, 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 his feathers, his promises, his commitment, his oath. When he could swear by no other, he swore by himself. I will be a God unto you, and you shall be a people unto me. And lo, I'm with you always, even until this end of this age. I will be your healer. You have been made righteous with my righteousness. Feathers. There was a story when I was in, uh, in, in the 80s. I recall this, hearing this story, uh, this account. I shouldn't say account, but a story, not story, but account. It happened, and I didn't read about it in the paper or anything like that, but I was listening to a minister preach. And uh, we were at a conference, and he made the references. And um, I mean, you know, when you get put into a, an emergency kind of a situation, you don't know exactly how, what's going to come out of your mouth immediately. You just, it's a suddenly moment. It's a, whether a car's coming at you or, or something's happening or, or a report or you hear something going on. And, and it's sudden. It's, it's bam. It's, it's like, but the first thing out of your mouth is what happens. Amen? You understand that? And so there's these things. And you, and you may want to quote five scriptures, and it's like, uh, that, that comes out. Well, this woman had come into her home, and there was a burglar in there and put a gun to her. And she was immediately born again, spirit-filled, went to that verse of scripture, but couldn't quote Psalm 91. Couldn't quote the whole thing. Didn't have time. Her, her eyes focused on that barrel in her, in her face. And all she had time to do was go, feathers! 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 And the guy dropped the gun and ran. The, repl- the, the police caught him because his fingerprints were on the gun. But he ran. Why? Because some woman who may have appeared to him to be you're not normal, woman. I got a gun in your face, and your only weapon is feathers! 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 But in her, she was saying, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. And I say of the Lord, you're my refuge and my God and my fortress. And it's in you I trust. And I'm covered with the feathers. There are times you may not know how to say it, but if you'll say it in faith, God knows the translation. It's not a Moffat's translation, a Hebrew translation, an amplified translation. It's a translation of language into faith. And God understands the authority by which you said it. She must have said feathers with authority. She must have said it with revelation. I know feathers... You may not know what to say. You may not understand anything the doctor's saying. But you may know this. 
my body is the temple fit for the Holy Ghost. I'm a temple of Almighty God. God purchased me. Amen. The highest level of prosperity is my salvation. The lowest form of prosperity is finances. I would that you would prosper and be in health, but even as your soul, your mind prospers. So you and I have a right to say, thank God I'm saved. And that finished it all. Now my body is well, and I renew my mind daily to what the Word of God has to say. Praise God. So over you all, I say, feathers, promises are bestowed upon you. This verse of Scripture is the provision, listen to this, for life given in the form of words used in the making of a covenant. This is all covenant terms. The word cover does not mean to hide. It doesn't mean to conceal. If you cover something, if we were to take one of these things off and cover somebody, you'd still know they're there, but you couldn't see them. But you could see their outline and all that. You, you would do the best to cover them up. The word here, cover, means this. To hedge in. To safeguard. Now watch this. To fully secure as well as immune. You are immune because you've got a promise for anything Satan can throw your way. You're immune. You're immune from unhappiness. Why? Because joy. Praise. You're immune. So the word cover means to hedge. Now, the first time that we see the word hedge actually in motion is in Job. And Satan brings it up. Satan brings it up. And he says, well, I can't touch Job. He's hedged in. I can see him. I just can't touch him. If, if you touch him, I'm not going to touch him, he's mine. And you don't realize I didn't create the hedge. He did. He created the hedge. I gave him the material to create the hedge. But he created the hedge. How deep, how wide, how high the hedge is that protects you is based on the material you're using. How do you put it together? Words. And what's the hedge? Promises. So if you woke up with no pain today, you ought to rejoice. Say, Father, I thank you that my temple is fit for the master's use. I thank God there's no sickness or disease. I thank God I'm free of heart attack. I'm free of, I'm free of blockage. I'm free of, of migraines. I'm free of, of brain aneurysms. I'm, and you begin to start. You ought to have done that today while you bathed. If you didn't bathe this morning, when you go home, bathe. And, and do it then and do it then. And when you brush your teeth, thank God I'll never get throat cancer. Thank God I'll never get cancer in my teeth. Thank God I'll never lose my voice. Thank God I'll never go deaf. Thank God when you're cleaning yourself, thank God I'll never lose my hearing. I'll not have difficulty later on down the road with my hearing. Thank God I will not lose my sight. I'll not get blind. I'll not go, I'll not, oh no, no, you got to declare this over yourself now. Thank God I can walk. Thank God I can move. Thank God my body's well. 
instead of giving into it, Ben, you got to thank God my body's well. Thank God I can bend my knees. Thank God I can jump. However high you can jump, jump. Whatever you can do. Amen. Amen. Fight the good fight of faith. Get up. And if you can't get up, stand, sit at the edge of your seat. I'm fighting a good fight of faith. I don't mean you to get in the natural over it, but start saying it. The Word works, man. I'm working the Word of God. It's coming through here. And stop being so, so sissy-minded about it. I think I'm well in Jesus' name. Nobody else in the house. Nobody cares. It's your body. According to Exodus 3.14, in order to activate the promises of God, he said, how, how, what do I do to let people know that this is true? What do I do? Exodus 3.14 says this. Uh, I am that I am. That's what you tell them. I am. I am. I am. And then you and I are called to say, I am blessed. I am. That's the nature of God. So he's, he's the one who started out. So God lives in the eternal now. God lives. When you meet God, whether it's in the Word, or in prayer, or in worship, or in praise, it will never be yesterday. It will never be tomorrow. His name is not I was. His name is not I'm going to be. His name is not I'm going to do something. His name is I am that I am. I am. Well, if He is and we're part of Him, then guess what? I am. I am saved. Amen. I am delivered. I have my breakthrough. I am blessed. I am healed. I am renewed. I am a child of God. I am what God said I am. Praise God. I just am. That's not arrogance. That's just claiming what God said for me to do. Right in here to do this. Man, I wish I had a Holy Ghost friend in here. Amen. Amen. So, one last verse in 2 Corinthians one twenty says, and we've given you this, no matter how many prompts... I like this. This is the NIV translation. I like this translation. Are you ready for it? Ah, this is so powerful. No matter how many promises God has made, no matter how many, and we know there's 7,000, but no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes. Come over here. I got, let's see if I got a friend on this side. No matter how many He made, they are yes. Where are they? Where are they shouting? Where is yes living in Christ? In the anointing. So in that anointing, not in your circumstance, you bring out the yes in your circumstance. By stop talking the pain. By stop talking the situation. By stop talking the circumstance. By stop making it your pillow and crying on it at night. Amen. You may cry. There may be moments you're going to cry. That's all right. But cry with a word. Even if you can barely get it out. I don't care if it's you're sobbing at night. If all you have is, God, you so love the world. That's the only thing you got. Cry on that. And strength will come to you. But get away from your problems. They're not permanent. They are yes in Christ. And so through Him, watch this, the Amen is spoken by us. 
The yes is in Him, the amen is on us. The yes is in Him, the amen is in us. Let's say it again. The yes is in Him. The amen is in us. So what should we be saying? Amen. Come on, one more time. What should we be saying? He was wounded. Well, come on. He, he was wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of peace on him, and by the stripes you're healed. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. My God supplies all my need according to the riches of glory by and through Christ Jesus. Amen. This promise is for you and your children, even those afar off. Even even if an alternative translation is still needed, here's one I suggest to you. God gave all the promises to be yes. He fulfilled all the promises to be amen in Jesus. So, however, whatever translation you follow, there are certain key words that do not change. All promises in Him are amen. I don't care. If your translation doesn't give you that, throw it away. Remove it from your app. Don't even go there. All promises in Him are amen. amen. Matthew twenty three thirty seven made this statement. God, I'm going real quick. If you only think it was Psalm 91, listen to this. Then I'll show you, a verse, uh, show you something. In verse 37, makes a statement. Matthew twenty three thirty seven. Jerusalem! Jerusalem! Murderer of prophets. Killer of the ones who brought, in, brought you good news. How often I've ached to embrace your children. The way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. He will cover you with his feathers and with his wings. And here he's saying, he's weeping over them. Why? He said, you killed off the prophets who were there to show you. You're killers, you're murderers. You can kill the anointing by not receiving it in your life. The anointing doesn't die. But for you, you'll turn it off. You're the one that's got to go with that. I remember what somebody told me when I was first born again. I was at the church, Pentecost Church of God, and they told me, a guy came up and told me, he goes, I know you're full of joy right now, but, but you're going to get over that. Once you learn a little bit more in Christ, you won't be that happy anymore. You won't be that joyful anymore. He goes, because real, then real life sets in. Now, I was just born again. I just came off the streets, you got to understand. So I just looked at him and I said, excuse me, I apologize. Uh, I don't mean to be this arrogant, but I hope I get never become so scriptural. I'm as stupid as you. I said, I happen to believe that joy's in the Bible and not in you. So I don't ever want to end up like you. And guess what? I didn't. (laughs) People will try to kill your joy, kill your faith, because they don't, because they can't see it. They can't walk in the light of it. And and uh, you wouldn't let. And watch this, the latter part of it. And you wouldn't let me in. And now you're so desolate, nothing but a ghost town. What is there left to say? Only this. I'm out of here soon. Can you imagine that? The next time you see me, you'll say, oh, God has blessed him. He's gone. 
bringing God's rule. It's like a ghost town, but I'm leaving soon. Amen. Feathers. You have that other picture up there? Just real quick. And under his wings shalt thou trust. Uh, and this is the image that we see. How does that hen protect all those offspring? Look at the wings expanded. What's expanding? The truth. And the truth shall make you free. Those that name, know the name of the Lord shall run into the strong tower and shall be saved. But what's on the wings? The feathers. And what do the feathers do? They cover the chicks. And whatever is after them can see them, but can't get through them. Because look at the Hawkeye on that. I, mean, I know that's a hen, but look at the Hawkeye on that. You ain't messing with that. Anybody ever grew up on a farm and been around chickens? No. You, they know how to fly. And they know how to... And one verse of Scripture says they protect with their pinions, or in other words, both their wings and their claws. And so they, they, they know how to do this. This is an image of how the truth covers you. It doesn't matter if you're the first one or the last one. See the protection? So I don't care if you were saved last week or saved 20 years ago. There's, there's protection for you in this. So the promises of God don't depend on anything to do with your past or things currently going on at this moment. So listen to your pastor right now. Nothing physical or temporal, nothing in time or space in this world can change the eternal promises of God. God has covered you. Great change is, in, in, is already occurring. But it takes the promises of God. I know this is interesting. How did they know this? They got it by physical example. How did James get what he got? About a ship, about a horse, the bit in the mouth's horse. How did he get that? Your shipwreck. How did he get that? He saw a shipwreck. Amen? It wasn't like it founded 2,000 years ago and they and it came up. No. They saw a shipwreck. Because most people don't realize if you don't steer right, you'll mess yourself up. Well, here they saw this as an example. As the deer panteth for the water. That's the way I pant after you. They had natural examples that brought them back to the Word. That picture is so cute, but it's not about cuteness. This goes on, and you don't even be aware, you're not even aware of it, goes on all the time with hens and their chick chicks. They all know where to go. They all know which way to go. They know how to protect. God, I was watching the other day this little thing where this, this chihuahua ran out of the house and just took off, ran towards the bushes. And it was run, as it went to the bushes, those things bark interesting. Ran back. Ran back. And then ran back. And a bear got up and jumped the fence. Look back at it. A chihuahua faced off with a bear. And the bear jumped the fence and left over the chihuahua. So it wasn't even the size of the bark. And it wasn't even the size of the bite because he didn't have time to get into it. But man, that bear jumped that fence. Somehow, that little dog had some confidence. Somehow, that... And so, um, no evil can defeat you 
if you remain covered. See those chicks right now? Where are they? Outside of the wing, outside of the blessing. So, you show me your friends, I'll tell you where you live. You show me what movies you see, I'll tell you where you live. Tell me where you go, I'll tell you where you live. Tell me what you say, I'll tell you what you Let me see who you hang out with at work. Do they feel comfortable telling you all the dirty jokes, all the sexual jokes, all the adulterous jokes, all the pornography? You feel they feel comfortable telling you that? Then you're not in the secret place. I used to walk into my room when, uh, when I used to work at Lord's Cutter Potato Chips. I'd walk in and they'd say, oh, he's here. Don't, don't tell that joke. I'd go, what? And they go, we can't tell jokes around you. I was sitting there one time reading my Bible and a woman, uh, a, a guy, mechanic, looked at me and he was sitting next to this woman. There's a bunch of them there. They're all mechanics and they're all sitting there and they looked at me and they said, uh, and they said, what does that Bible have to say today? And up out of me came and said, it says it should, you guys shouldn't be committing adultery like you do and you go out and you bring your, your RV and have sex during lunch. Bunch of little perverts. He looked at me and goes, how dare you judge me? I said, you asked me what my Bible said. It should have never involved me. Adultery is sin. You shouldn't be doing that. You're married. She's married. Everybody here knows it. Everybody knows what you do. You asked me. I wasn't going to say anything. I sat down to have lunch. I'm reading my Bible. You didn't leave me alone, so I had to tell you. Lead us to say I wasn't the most popular. Because I never backed down. See, some people won't tell you the truth. Once I got saved, I stopped lying. And I had to live by my word. See, you'll never live by the word unless you learn to live by your word. Amen. Well, I'm excited and I'm done for the day. So praise God. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.